Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Conversations. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Jessica Fleischer, founder of I Am Fighting Fit. And today I have with me Niall. Niall is a hypnotherapist, a K1 kickboxing fighter, and he runs outdoor boot camps. They're kind of like extreme out back in Australia, go and face your fear. So here is my podcast with him and I do excuse the beginning it's a little bit I was going to edit it but I don't know how so enjoy I think it's a good idea otherwise we'll just we'll go through the gems it's on record and then I'll work out how to edit it if I need to oh yeah that's that's the fun of it isn't it that 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 that, because I hate the editing I normally just try even if it's rough and ready just put it out minutes yeah that's what I normally okay right I won't edit it then we can put it out rough and ready so (laughs) when people are listening to this I've got with me Niall um and he is an Australian K1 fighter would you like to introduce yourself sure and what you do Um, okay well uh fighting sort of a uh side hobby I've just gotten back into I'm 34 now so I've um just go back and have a few more fights because I thought I didn't want to have, I didn't want to get to, you know, when I was too old and not have had the few more challenges, the fights because of the adrenaline. And I think because of the mental aspect it brings out in me, I like the challenge of it. And, um, and uh, I'm a coach, um, hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner um, and a tour guide. And I run uh, men's mindset boot camps like adventure adventure boot camps into nature for personal development treats which is sort of like a mix between tony robbins and bear Grylls, sort of yeah sort of thing they they um, sound so cool and they are kind of in my mind something that i want to do and i was yeah. at the at the beginning of last year because i've got a friend she also does kickboxing with me online as part of fighting fit together and she's on she's a radio presenter on the radio show that we're on and she runs forest school so she works mainly with children but she can work with adults too and she can train up forest school practitioners so right before covid right before everything she was like teaching me how to do a few knots and how to make a few tarp like things and and then lockdown hit because we were going to do like a kind of weekend camp out combining health and well-being and perfect and then it all all the plans went yeah. but they're still there they're still there in my mind so how long have you been doing that for well i started my, I ran my first one in 2016 with a couple of friends and i ran four that year the couple of friends helped out with the first couple i ran the last one on my own um so that was and then i had quite a few years break i got into tour guiding in the northern territory of australia i was in victoria then um and then I ran my, it'd been quite a few years off, but I had the calling to do it. And um, so I ran another one last year in November in Darwin, which is the very top middle of Australia. And then I've got one uh, next week, next weekend in, uh, in Queensland. Yeah. So sort of five years, but I guess it's really been you know, two, two of those years that I've, I've probably been running them. Yeah. So how yeah. often do you run them? Well, when I, I think I ran, I ran four in probably uh maybe six months four and eight months maybe would so every two months is sort of when i ran a lot of them in um victoria uh if i had an ideal world i'd probably run one every three months now probably like four four a year would be enough for me because i find them quite uh maybe once i get 
run them more efficiently, I'd um, I find them quite draining. Like I, at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted because I'm like giving everything and I'm constantly nervous. It's like a it's a balancing act for me to like get the guys. I'm trying to push them to their edge, but also not um, not break them. You know, like it's it's there for personal development, and I want to make it fun, but I also want to make it challenging for them because you learn a lot about yourself when you when you're t- challenged. You know, and push through your fear. So so I'm constantly like you know trying to give them as little food as possible to keep them. Yeah, it's just like um, it's it's a it, any exact science for me. It's just quite um quite draining for me. But uh, yeah, once every three months would be ideal. I think uh, and I'd like to run them all over Australia in different environments. Yeah. And what do you do alongside the retreats? Then do you do coaching as well, or is that yeah, your focus? No, um, I'm a bit of a gypsy. I do lots of different things. I've been uh, I've been a tour guide was been my main job for the last four years and I do some coaching on the side. Um, I'm, I not, I, I can like coaching, but I, I, I don't do it full time. It's just, um, I again, find it quite draining and I just don't like sitting in a room all the time, one-on-one doing one-on-one stuff. I do it all by zoom nowadays, basically pretty much don't do any um, physical clients, but um, yeah, I like to have a pretty diverse life. So I've been tour guiding has been my main job, which is taking tours, working for another company in the Northern Territory, like around uh, Ayers Rock, you know, all the roof, Ayers Rock, big rock in the middle of Australia, and up into some national parks in Kakadu, which is the top end, like tropical Australia. Um, and uh, obviously since COVID, that's all died. So I've been doing brickies labouring and a bit of coaching and and then men's, yeah, a bit of just diverse sort of stuff, a few different things. Yeah. And you decided to fight again because that was how I came across you was the yeah. somebody connected us through hypnosis and Jess, do you want to hypnotize a fighter? So yeah. when we, so I know that you did that fight recently. Yeah. How long ago was it that you fought before that? Ah, uh, well, okay. So I had my first um, box. I, would, I had a boxing, amateur boxing fights when I was, I think, 16 to 18. Um. I just had three fights then and I, I'm not a I was never a tough guy like I was never in fights or anything at school but I, I just got into the sport sort of randomly and um and I was a really small kid so I did it was the first sport I sort of um did well in because I wasn't because it did it didn't matter your size because you fought maybe the same size you know so um so I had a few boxing fights when I was 16, 16 18 and then I had a lot of years off until I was about 24 because I'd lost the last two fights boxing and I was really mad at myself because I, I, especially the last fight, I could have won it and I didn't. I went out there not to lose rather than to win. And I was yeah. quite upset at myself. So um, about six years, years later, I think about 24, I was traveling with some mates. I did like a wicked round the world traveling trip. I've been to Africa, I went to Europe. And then um, I decided to go to Thailand on the way home. And I decided while I was in Europe, I'm going to go train for fight and um and have a fight in time. I've done a little bit of kickboxing since then, but no fighting. And um, yeah, that was when I had my I had a, an amateur fight there, sort of yeah, sort of like an inter club fight in Thailand at Tiger Muay Thai, and then had a, a pro fight there um, against an English guy. And um, and that got me. That was my first feeling of being like in in flow state or in the zone in that fight because I, especially before the fight, like I. Um, because I had my mindset, I was so angry at myself for not for not giving everything in that other fight, um, in the boxing fight, that I um, I trained really hard for six weeks. Um, 
I was training three sessions a day and I was doing sort of five, five round, five, three minute round fight. Um, and yeah, I was just so fit. I was just crazy fit. And in my mind, I was training the whole time. Like you will not, if you, I don't care if you lose a fight, but you will not leave the ring. You'll either leave the ring victorious or you'll be unconscious or you just, there's nothing left. Like I will not leave the ring with anything left if you if I won the fight, you know? So that was such motivation for me. So every day I'd go from do my run in the morning and I'd, I'd be like, I don't want to go for a run this morning, but I'm like, well, in a few weeks time you'll be in the ring. And if you're not fit enough, you'll say, did I really train as hard as I could have? So I learned a lot about fitness and mindset and stuff. And that it got, when it came to the fight, I was at the backstage and I was, um, um, I remember just feeling like I could fight a heavyweight. Like no one could knock me out. I could, I'll step in the ring with anyone. I just remember feeling like no one could knock me out. It was just, it was just like that feeling of just really being in the zone and really, really, focused and chilled i didn't care about the crowd i wasn't nervous i didn't care what people thought about me didn't care how i looked nothing i was just like yeah so that feeling of being in the zone was um that was my first real taste of proper fighting and being in the would flow you, state would you say yeah. it's because of the training because I, when you described that there aren't very many people that i've ever described something that i've experienced in that i'd had quite a few losses and then i even got a win but it wasn't like this win that I thought a win would be. It didn't feel like I had performed at my best. So what mm. I did in the train, and I got the title fight on short notice. So it was three and a half weeks and I'd just eaten a load of macaroni and cheese. And I was like to my coach, do you think I can be ready? And he was like, yes, yeah. Jess, anyone else? Probably not, but you, I know what you'll do. So I didn't eat pudding. It's too late about the yeah. past, I'd eaten that. And then I got up, I went for a run and I did it. So what you were saying about the training, I did this, I did two miles like as hard and fast as I possibly could running, then five rounds on the bag as hard as I possibly could before every training session, like every day. Um, yeah. And I just, I was like nearly crying and I was like at the breaking point of the training, but I knew, and I, that being in the flow, that state, I was just confident. I was like, whether she beats me or not, she was better than me on her, on, on her record. And I was like, but I'm here to win. I'm here to give everything. And it was just easy. It was just like, it all like just went in slow motion. It all just happened. There was, there was no way I was losing that fight. But yeah. It's, uh, I'm pretty fascinated by, have you read, have you, I'm guessing you've read some books on flow or there's like the rise of Superman and Stephen Cutler's on heaps of science on it. I want to read more um, books on it. It's not something yeah. I actually know. It's something I've experienced and it's something I want to read more into. And the other thing that I'm interested in is ego states. And so like the alter ego and how, because a lot of people ask me and what you said about being small and not being a fighter. And I identify a lot with that too. Because people say, oh, you must feel really confident on the street. And I was like, well, it's very different if someone actually attacks you. Being a small female. Yeah, I'm good yeah. against other small females. We fight at 53 kilos. Like a yeah. hundred kilo man grabs me. It's a bit different. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, right, let's touch gloves and go. So yeah. um, exactly. it's, it's that having that ability to be able to switch that on in the ring. Yeah. It's a very, I think it's a spiritual experience. Like I tell everyone that's not into it. Like a lot of girls, especially if I'm telling them about fighting, they're, they're sort of, I uh, think it's very aggressive and, um, but it's really it's a it's a spiritual experience. You've got because you've got to focus your so much of your energy towards something that is so fear inducing. Not so much for me. It's not the fear of getting hurt. It's the fear of not performing and having everyone yeah. see it. 
And, yeah. um, and like, as I say to everyone, it, it comes out, it's one place you can't lie because you can get the ring and go, you know, you lose a fight and you're, but I trained, but there's like, you know, if you'd really trained, you even yeah. went to the training the same amount of hours as everyone else, but did you really give it a hundred percent or not? Did you really eat the foods you should have been eating or not? Did you really go for the extra run or not? When you did the sprints, did you really sprint as hard as you could? Or was it like 80%? Like no one knows except you. And that's why it's like, you can't, there's no one to blame outside. You take full responsibility. Well, you don't have to, but I do. I take full responsibility. And it's um, um, probably a bit to a, well, the, the talk about flow state to come back to that. I don't know yet. This I'm sort of learning because I had the flow state in that, that fight in Thailand. Again, I didn't fight again for like until last year in November. So that was 2012. So it was eight, eight seven years. Oh, yeah, yeah, eight years. So the end of 2020. So crazy amount of time. And I, um, wow. and um, so, I, but I felt flows that again in this the last fight in November. And then I fought again like a couple of weeks ago. So um, I was the whole training camp for the last fight. I was in flow. It was just like, I was working as a brickwork brick as laborer in Darwin. Darwin's like 30, this is the hottest time of year, which is 30, like 35 degrees humidity. So they call it the build-up season. So it's like tropical area, but before the rains come, so it's like super humid, but there's no rains coming. So it's like sunny days, crazy, crazy humid. Working outside in the sun, throwing 20 kilos in the blocks, like for like hours. And I've never done brick brickwork as labor before. A friend, I made it said, do you want to come do, do a bit of work? I was like, oh, okay. So, I'd finish a day and I was trying to wake her as well. And I was like, I've been eating hardly any food. There's no way I could do a training session. Now. And my body just kept delivering what that was the fittest person in the gym. And I felt like there's just, I just like, it doesn't matter what I do. I ask my body to do it and it does it for me. And, um, and I, I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure what got me in the flow state for that, but I was, I guess I, um, I was, just, I was just in a good mood. I was positive. I expected to win. I was super fit. Um, and I and I won that fight. It's just an amateur fight again. And so, and then coming into this fight, I was training as hard, but I'd had like um, an asthma attack and I hadn't had asthma in years, like since I was a kid, 17 or 18, I grew out of it. And at Christmas time, I went home, had an asthma attack. And I don't know if it's psychosomatic or might've been emotional self-sabotage or something. I had got asthma, bad asthma through this last fight camp. And so leading into the, well, as we spoke about it in, in, in your, um, in your session, you gave me. And so I had that whole, I've been training as hard. I felt, um, but my fitness wasn't as good as what, what I wanted it to be. And I always want to be really, really super fit. Like I don't want to yeah. be in the ring and have not, not have the fitness. That's my so biggest doubting, fear as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's We're like what getting, you said. And it's really interesting to speak to another fighter because, I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Did I really give every single one of those 10 sprints everything? And I'm doing yeah. a bodybuilding program at the moment. And when I mark it like seven out of 10, she's like, oh, maybe you could go a bit more. And I'm like, no, my seven out of 10 is high. This just isn't quite in the ring fighting high. Because if, yeah. you, if you train to fight, you know what 10 really is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually... You can only really know well. You can only really know until you've been in a fight, I guess. The how hard to train because you're always going to not want to go. The body's never want to go into that so pain training every single day. But well, I you could, you wouldn't be able to recover from it either. You just that's it. 
like if I think about my worst fight so I had a fight and it so this is why I was so confident in my title fight because I'd had this fight that was just so full-on she was so aggressive and we were both so aggressive we matched each other but it's the only fight I've had where I wanted to knock her out because I was scared for myself being not like I was scared that I'm just going to collapse or something I didn't know I was on instinct but I was in panic I'd gone and I watch it back now and I, I was just fighting in a state of pure panic like wow. it was there's a video I can share the blog with you and there's a video on YouTube um I can link it into the, with the podcast too but it, it was horrendous she was like a machine there isn't a second where a shot isn't being thrown yeah. between the two both of us it's just backwards yeah. and forwards like it was horrible uh, but I knew every training session where I was thinking oh, I just need to breathe between combinations on the bag I was like no you need to go straight back in again now and then I knew that nothing is ever going to be as hard as that again and it and the, the title fight was just easy because we were just relaxed and we were moving like that flow and we didn't just fly at each other it wasn't a state of panic it was so I know what you're saying about the um fitness we went off on a tangent there but um yeah. with the worrying about your fitness because that's the one thing that if they're better than you if they outskill you they're a skilled opponent if they're fitter than you you go I should have done more fitness exactly there's no one to blame there's no excuse there, to not be fit enough and there is some people who are naturally you know I, I like watching UFC now and you see guys like Max Holloway Tony Ferguson seems like they can just keep going and going and going and going and I think some people well I think there's you know naturally some people are born bigger hearts and bigger lungs like so that is can actually be a thing but you can there's a little level you can get to and if um the thing as well is if when you've got a goal strong enough like I'm going to win this fight, I will do everything. You'll start doing breathing exercises to increase your lung capacity. You'll start doing breath holds underwater. So you'll do whatever you fucking need to do. I'm sorry, I swear. <laughs> you do whatever you need That's to okay. do to make, to, um, like when you're super aligned to it, it's just that then, uh, this is where I've come with this last fight. Like I was super, this is why I, I messaged you initially as well, because I was super stressed. I was putting so much pressure on myself to like, you know the level you can perform at, but you're doubting yourself, so I was super stressed about it. So I, uh, there, there is a balance point there. Um, I think, and talking about the flow state, they say this. Stephen Cutler's done huge amounts of research. He says fourteen percent. How the hell he gets a number like that? I think he gets that number from work, working with people who get into financial flow state, like doing yeah. finances where they can get a, a hard, tangible numbers. Anyway, so he says, I think between like five and he says fourteen percent is the sweet spot, but five and fifteen percent is like outside your comfort zones where you reach the flow state so you you won't be able to reach flow inside your comfort zone you've already been there you've got to be testing yourself outside it but if you go too far then you're in stress and that's what i feel like i was but you create your own you're creating your own anyway there's there's a lot to it but it's um and and just while, while i'm thinking about it because I, before i while i'm remembering it that something that i remember doing in that thailand fight was I'd go home, I was writing down my workouts when I was doing my energy levels, my sleep, what time I went to bed, all that sort of stuff, and um, just to see where my fitness was at. Um, but I remember going home every night and I'd imagine the worst case scenario of who the, the opponent's going to be because you never know who your phone's going to be over there. Same as like now in amateur fights, really. Um, so you, I would just go back and I'd imagine like big, scary-looking dude really tall and long because that's what i found hardest to spar against so i'd imagine how the tall worst are case, you 
I'm like 170 or two, maybe centimeters. And what do you, what weight do you fight at? 67. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm quite tall for the height, but um, yeah, not, nothing too crazy. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, but this last fight, I was actually imagining my scariest fight was going to be small and really quick and moving and quite aggressive. So I just imagine going my mind and try and imagine the worst case scenario. And if I can handle that in my mind, I'm like, okay, if he's going to be real tall and he's got really long peeps or whatever, what am I going to do to get around that? And then I try and do my best to make it the worst in your mind. And then, if, then once you get the ring, it can't be any worse than the worst case scenario in your mind that you've, you've already played it and won it out and thought through the scenarios. So I think that was probably a big part of the big in the flow state too. So I think there's just a lot of, uh, it's, 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 I guess it comes from practice of what it is that gets me there. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah, big. and that's interesting that you've created <clears throat> your, um, like your, what are they, weeks or week, weekends with the men um, where yeah. you push them. So you're trying to find that. So you've got experience, of, we've, we've both got experience of fighting. Most people aren't going to fight. And that's absolutely fine because performance mm -hmm. doesn't have to be fight performance. It can be that's anything. Right. It can be anything yeah. in life, in business, in relationships. And so you've created this way to help people push themselves out of their own comfort zone in that sweet spot. So they can experience similar states of flow, similar benefits without having to actually fight. That's what it sounds like yeah. to me anyway. Yeah, it is. It's... Uh, I really the, the the boot camps I run are more like it, it's um if I had to describe it as one thing I'm trying to get for the guys it's emotional freedom it's freedom personal freedom um in particular I'm trying to find blocks in their life be it with their relationships money career purpose wherever they feel like they, they know what they want but they're not going after it or they don't know what they want and, and they're lost but there's sort of something in their body's holding them back um and the fight, I've just found like even this last, you know, the last monthly of that fight was very stressful because of the pressure I was putting myself. But but it just taught me, like it teaches you so much about yourself. That's the thing that I love about the fighting. It's just that I that I I don't know where else you can, because I've done like other scary sports, like I've done bull riding and stuff, which are pretty in the moments are very short, intense, huge adrenaline rush. And the fear, there's actual fear of death there, but um, the risk is much higher, but it's not something where fighting is worse because you've got a long lead up to it. You've got to actually train for it. Yeah. And you've got to be training the right way and you've got to be training hard and it's um, very high professional bull riders are training as well, but it's a different, I don't know, there's just, there's so much pressure on your, and that pressure creates a, it just it creates a lot of room for growth and learning of yourself that, that it's hard to emulate in a boot camp or any other way. So um, it's just, I, I can't recommend it enough to guys. And I, and I try my best whenever guys are in the gym and they're nervous to go fight and I think they're ready. I'm like, I try and do everything I can to push them into it because there's win, loss or draw. You just learn so much about yourself from a fight that you cannot learn by, you just can't, I don't think know of any other place you can learn those particular skills. I agree. Yeah. I, the, the closest thing that I've found that I want to pursue is speaking and people have uh, a real fear and it's that vulnerability and it is connected right back to instinctual levels where we're part of tribes and that speaking out in front of the tribe, that fear of being 
rejected from, from what you so that's where it comes you think what's the worst thing that can happen when you speak and you know logically that yes. it doesn't compare to fighting mm-hmm. but subconsciously in our mind our brain still goes but what if everybody disowns you what if you end up dying there is yeah. that there's a that's a it's a real fear public speaking and this is the thing that I'm pursuing it's like well I want to speak on stages globally and it's like do you not get nervous I'm like absolutely but every time before I walk into the ring every time before I walk on that stage I know that I can get myself in that like that flow so that 14 percent out of my every stage I'm not going to go on like a TED talk tomorrow because it'd be too much I'd panic and I'd just not be able to speak but um it's that finding the way but I still don't think it competes with fighting because I know that the worst case scenario is I say something wrong and people laugh at me and I walk off the stage embarrassed like it's not the same as getting knocked out by another human being yeah there's a lot of that that talk is like what you just said there is like um it's uh, I called myself a fear coach for a long time and um I'm just fascinated by fear and what it holds back from and like one of my like general teachings to people is that emotions are the one reality like your thoughts are not real but your emotions are real we can often discount because public speaking is not any physical danger in theory so people discount their own fear of it but it is is a so visceral fear yeah. that if you disown it you're you're actually getting angry this is like you you're you're creating stress in your body because you're hating on yourself because you feel like you're weak. You've got to not, you've got to own the fear. Like that's the key to all, well, fear coaching, what I do with basically anything, everything's always some sort of fear or fear of discomfort, you know, that if there's a restriction in life. And first step is you've got to own, own it rather than disown it. Like and say, oh, well, I'm weak. You're missing the point. If it is, no matter if it's scared of a mouse or scared of fighting, if you feel something so strong in your body, own that it is actually strong in your body. It might be embarrassing that you're scared of a mouse, but if it is really strong for you, you if we do hypnosis or whatever, we go back to the trauma, for that point, that thing is so scary to you that it makes something in your body turn your system off or turn you into full flight or flight mode, fight or flight mode. So own what you feel is the first step because um, when you give credit to it, then you can work with it rather than fight against it. And if you fight against it, it's just gonna cause so much stress. And you can work through things fighting against it, but it's just like way more way more stress than's necessary, or work that's necessary than than is necessary. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I, I felt ridiculous. I, I was terrified of the dark. So I live in the country and there's no light down there at all. And like my house it backs into a field into a wood. And I walk it all the time in the daylight. And I know logically that it's no more dangerous at night than it is in the day. If I'm willing to go out on my own in the day, I'm willing to go out on my own at night. But I would walk away and I would start to feel it in my heart. And then I would start to my breathing and I just couldn't do it. I'd get to the point where I, but my brain would be going, why are you scared? Why are you scared? This is ridiculous. You're pathetic. Like all of this negative language. And then I'd have to just like basically run home terrified in this mess. Then I had hypnotherapy for it and, and now I can walk in the dark absolutely fine. Just shows how incredible it is because I had such a response to it. Something that I yeah. had no need to be scared of, but it was a real reaction. So I, I've experienced it in that sense too. 
yeah, I'm fascinated by what where things come from and if it's you know going to past lives and things with regressions and where these seemingly like um, not dangerous fears come from. And um, it's fascinating when you get to the if you get to the. So how did you get into hypnotherapy? That's what we that's when we first started recording. Oh yeah, and we <laughs> went and then we've 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 discussed fighting. So how did you get into the hypnotherapy? Oh yeah, well well after that after that um, Muay Thai fight in Thailand, I came back to Australia and it was my feeling of being in the flow state. I was just like I was just super pumped about the fight, and then um, I got. Uh, I got was getting back into bull ride. I came back to Australia, I think, and I was listening to uh, some CDs about audio programs of like this guy called Gary Lafew, who was an American guy, a bull rider who would um, run a few world champions and mindset CDs. And he talked about hypnosis in some of his CDs and a book called Psycho Cybernetics. If you ever heard about it, yes, I have. That's is, on like my you must read this because lots of yeah, people yeah. who I respect recommend it yeah he raves about it like he he was a world champ. it's a good it's a good story um his story so he anyway but i'll save it for the time but um, um so it was sort of in my unconscious and then someone i moved into a house and a girl said oh, i did a, a hypnosis course last weekend and it was like 75 bucks because i'm one of those group on one of those you know savings pages yeah and i was like cool so i booked in for the next time which is a few months later and um went and did the weekend course and it was um uh, it was a cool course, and they, and they sold me onto the the NLP course, which is in on the Gold Coast. It was like two and a half grand, maybe. And that time, that was a lot of money for me to spend on myself. But I was so supercharged after the hypnosis weekend. Yeah. And then that that NLP course was like um, that just changed my life because I went. I I learned about. I guess the key thing is I took out of that was, oh, I I choose how I feel. I can choose how I feel. It doesn't just happen randomly. I hope I feel in a good mood if you have the right tools. And um, you can do whatever you want. I, I, you know, I went through school. I don't think anyone, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe I wasn't listening, but I can't. I can't there's never a class dedicated to what do you want to do with your life? Like, What would you like to do? No, I don't <laughs> like, remember. I, I remember some career advisor where you take a test yeah. and it comes out with careers but it's not yeah. based anything about like your passions and who you are no. your core va- why are you not taught to work out your core values yeah, exactly like, it's just like it's just the most anyway, we should all so, know we should all know our core values exactly anyway so yeah I, I remember just coming out of this thing and being like ah oh, i i can choose what i want to do with my life rather than just like drifting from job to job and see what comes up around me so I was like, if I could do, if I could do anything in my life, I came back from this week course. I was like, if I do anything in my life, what would I do? I I'll be a professional bull rider because I wanted the adrenaline and I, I was into facing my fears and things. Um, and so I moved to Victoria. I just packed up my car, moved to Victoria, and went to a farm that was started bull riding. So I actually sort of gave the hypnosis up at that point. I'd learned a little bit and I kept training a little bit, but I'd um, uh, that was sort of how I started, and then. And then later on, I wasn't making money as a bull rider, and I, I um, wanted to change, and so I, um, I got, I thought, oh well, I've got these skills I'm kind of good at, and um, I thought I might try to start my personal training. I'll do like a mind body, start a mind body health business, and see how that goes. That was sort of how it started off. Yeah, hmm. that's cool. Yeah. So, and you're, are you still studying hypnosis now, or is no, it? I haven't. G- 
is it part of what you do now or not it's just something that you're interested in but yes it's, it's just something i'm i'm uh, i don't because know. this I is the thing where i don't actually know how because it was through somebody who connects they said through the mike mandel training yes. academy so are you part yes. of that or not yes i am yeah yes, yes okay. so i am so which i think is amazing um hypnosis training academy i um it's on my also, to do to do that i'm still part of the jacqueline hypnosis academy yeah. and i'm the the not overwhelming myself with too many things at once because yeah. at the beginning of the year i was like I need to just do more and more and more. And it's like, there's only so yeah. much you can actually do at one time. I'm 100%. getting results with what I do at the moment. And then I think the second half of this year, I will then go to Mike Mandel and learn from him too. Yeah. Well, they both, they both recommend each other. I think that they, they yeah. Mike Mandel says that they believe uh, Freddie Jacqueline's the best therapist in the world. As far as hypnosis goes, I think it's a, that's what they're that's what they, Mike Mandel says. So um, I've heard, I've heard excellent things about Mike Mandel, everybody. And I've yeah. had a lot of people that train from them both. It's like they're, they're, they're similar, they're different yeah. and they're like yeah. very different in their approaches though, but they're both excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, me too. I think that Mike Mandel's training, the online training is amazing. I've learned heaps of it, so much from it. Um, I studied it. Like I got, I started my business and I was like, I'm not actually that good at this yet. <laughs> I started advertising and stuff. I was like, I better. So I just dove into like this online course and was like, I watched just hour. I would wake up at four in the morning. It was like, I was so motivated, just like watching, watching and learning so many cool things about yeah. just like what you can potentially do with hypnosis and mindset work the ability to i mean the way i see it now is you can go into someone's mind and like treat it almost like a video game that's sort of how i see their mind i use more like energetic coaching i guess now i've done a lot of different coaching since then and um yeah just sort of treating people's energies and emotions and thoughts like a video game or something and just like mold it does this work better for you does this work better for you is that make clear does that get yeah so it's um you can really oh, that's cool that you say mine is almost like creating their own fairy tales so i have it like create writing your own story and even earlier wow. she said oh it was like hansel and Gretel when she was talking about like going down the the dark path and then the light path and like the guiding this create allow it so you said video game but i would say more like writing their own story their own future versions of what they want to achieve and it's interesting nice. but i, I it's interesting what you say about how there's always so much more to learn and we've both got that that eagerness that motivation that yeah i just want to keep knowing more keep doing more i think that's the good thing because that was my next question how do you think hypnosis and fighting martial arts sport um relate because everybody asks me they go they're not when they find out oh you coach kickboxing and you're a hypnotherapist they're a bit different aren't they i was like i can see so many links between them you know, you can link it with any, any anything you want to be good at. I think that's I think the, the the key is that you want to be good at it. That's the key to anything. Um, you're better off to find the thing that you want to be really good at, and then go learn the hypnosis thing afterwards to enhance your way of doing it. But nothing will. Well, NLP and stuff has been designed around trying, you know, making things change so you can be motivated to do stuff you don't really like doing really that's mm-hmm. how some one coach i read talked about michael neil talked about like that he's just like for years i was good at nlp on nlp training like trying to get people to no getting people to like doing things they don't like doing 
but yeah. then he said instead I'm going to start maybe aligning them more things they want to do first so um, I think it's good to find that well not everyone's going to do this because you, you've got to have the courage to go after things you want to do but if you find something you love doing and you're committed to it then you want to work out how to get good at it then you can start using things like hypnosis and stuff to align yourself with the more exact just aligning yourself more clearly of getting breaking away all the stuff that's holding you back or whatever so just the owning the mind is very powerful to 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 achieve once you know what you want to put your time into yeah so do you want will you be fighting again yeah i was training for march 20th but that's not going to happen we couldn't get in the card and I, my shoulder's a bit sore for the last fight anyway so i was pretty happy to have a break so there's one more in early a or in april that i should be able to get to um and then i've got quite a few months working for a friend to a guy i promised him a few months of my time from uh, sort of mid-april to uh to september pretty well so um i'm not i'm not really we'll see what happens with a bit of a break i'm not super motivated to to, to take it anywhere i'm sort of doing these last few fights for a challenge more than anything yeah um but I'll, I'll see what happens with a bit of a break from, from training and see if the, the spark's there to go further. Um, it, it makes sense if I'm going to keep going, I want to keep stepping up the level just so that it's the improvement and, and getting to a certain level of fighting a better fighter that is in, motivating to me to see if I can get good enough. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Because yeah. I get so, a lot of people ask me, well, what am I going to do about fighting? And I was like, I don't know. Again, it's that yeah. I don't know if I want to dedicate to the hypnosis and the developing my business and the speaking, or do I want to stay with the fighting and do yeah. I want to? And then I, I, I'll have to work out how I can balance my, like you said, you've got the tour guiding and yeah. fighting was my sole focus. It was my everything yeah. to become a champion. It was just, it had to be all consuming. But now I love the hypnotherapy. I love building my business. I love what I do. I'm like, mm. do I love fighting that much? And it is, you said it, that progression, that development, that learning, that perfecting a skill. Although there's no such thing as perfection, that aiming to perfect a skill. I will continue as a martial artist forevermore. I will work mm. through my black belt. So I want my third Dan when I can get it. I will continue coaching it. Less sure about the fighting because it's like, do I need to prove my worth? in the ring or not i'm like i've done yeah. it uh, but i i do think in my in my gut i know that i probably will fight again because nothing nothing compares to it yeah like, what, there's definitely so because that's the other thing it's like once we stop once we get older we can't go back to it so what yes. do you see your life looking like without fighting because the rest of our life we won't have it yeah it's a good question i'm at like a um funny time in my life like I, I feel like I've come through a lot of my getting into fighting and bull riding stuff was all ego based like it was me trying to prove myself as a man and uh and trying to be tough you know which I thought was a massive well is a, is a good quality to have but it was something that I thought was manliness but I mine so was very this. much I have to be tough I have to prove I'm independent mm. I have to prove I'm tough so even though it's a masculine trait I was very and this is where like the releasing the trauma the hypnotherapy and I'm like well Will I fight? I was like, I, I, I honestly think I'll only fight better now I'm not yeah. doing it from a state of fear, from a state of yes. ego. Mm. Yeah, that's where, that, that actually, and saying that too, that's the same thing. Like whenever I work with people, a lot of people, a lot of things where people are stuck in, in any situation, 
the, the, whatever they come to me for to do coaching or whatever. When we get down to the, the crux of the problem, often they they don't want to release the thing. It's a problem because they're scared of, for example, if they're passionate about fighting, I'm scared about letting this go because what, what if I lose motivation to fight? Or what if I lose motivation to make money? Or what if I lose more? The thing that is their problem is also potentially the thing that's pushing them towards. But what I've found is once people, I've just, I, I've just got to say, there's no way you can know, but from my experience, always in my experience, you'll have the same motivation what you're doing. It'll just be way less stress because it won't be a fear-based thing. It'll be a place going towards it with love. So, but sometimes, almost always, it's um, when you get down to the base of what is holding them back. This is why, this is the beauty of hypnotherapy over NLP and stuff, I think, because hypnotherapy can bypass that conscious, or the critical faculty, which is the conscious holding on to the problem, which, which um, although I tend to use not much hypnotherapy, I use more NLP and stuff because I kind of like giving the people, I like to, the beauty of NLP is that they sort of are doing the work and you're guiding them through it. So they feel like they do the work with someone's hypnotherapy. They feel like you've done the work for them sometimes. And it's, so there's a balance of using the both in the way that's sufficient that you get the job yeah. done as well as. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that was a bit of a sidetrack, but it's, uh, that, that, that what you said there is it's, it's, it's hard to know. You're like, hey, will I have to be motivated to fight? Will I get rid of this passion in my life? But it tends to be just the stress is, is gone from my experience working with other people in many realms same motivation yeah. just less strong. and that's yeah. another thing that i'm working so where i've had people where i'm operating from that i need to make money i need to fight i need to do this i need to do that and it's overwhelming and they're like yeah. well take take a break from fighting fighting isn't your priority but now i'm in this place where the fear's gone for the money the fear's gone from the fighting and i'm like actually there's no reason why i can't fit it all in if i choose to yes. because I could, again, that optimizing the processes, the improving my performance, like I don't need to, like, like the studying, for instance, I don't need to study more. I don't need to do more, be more constantly from that not being good enough. Yeah. I know, I know how to train now. I know how to get fit. I know that I'll be fit enough. I know that I'm earning enough money. Like, and it's that, so oh, this is the best position I've ever been in to fight. So it would almost be a shame to not test it in the ring. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, when, <laughs> once, you, once you get the fitness and your skill levels there, it's like you don't waste that opportunity of like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it, it's um, making decisions is always going to have like, you never really know what the future is going to hold. So you're just going to make a decision and whatever happens is just find a way to make it be good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah. It's been really good to talk to you about you, what what you're you, gonna do. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really got, got no idea. My future. I've always been very short. I've always just sort of drifted whatever feels right. I've been very. Do you lucky have a big vision at all? No, no. Um, I never, n never have, and I've. Uh, yeah, I'm very motive. I'm very live fairly well in the present to to a fault probably, but um, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah it works just, for you yeah it works so yeah. it, in a way that means you like you said living in the present with total acceptance of the here and now i can't think of a better way everyone says oh working towards that big vision it's like i've got mine so i say about the speaking on stages globally i want to be running retreats in thailand and i want all this like mm. this global kind of like yeah 
and um, but it's big and it's scary but that's that's the where I want to like becoming a champion was big and scary and I never thought I'd yeah. get there now it's big and it's scary but I fully believe I'll get there yeah cool so. and you know it's I always say to people when I'm working with them like if it once they have a goal it's scary I'm like it's the right one it's the right goal if it's not scary it's not it's just not the right one because you wouldn't yeah you can tell it's like soul aligned if you're still thinking about doing it even though you're scared about it you know it's the right one because yeah, there's a million goals you could do that are not scary but the fact that you still want to do this one and it is scary means there's something deeper is aligned with you yeah yeah and you've still achieved everything that you've achieved so it shows that you don't need that so what would your advice be to people do you think they need to have that vision or do you think they can focus on the here and the now and how do you balance it yeah, I haven't worked out how to balance it myself. I've, I, for feeling to my life, I've never really had a clear vision for the future. So I, I couldn't say. I think um, my advice to people is that you don't know how much restriction is in your life until you start doing some work around it. And I guess my advice is I think a lot of people are, drift, are living lives where they don't really want to be in working jobs, they don't really want to be in because they just they just think that's except that's how it is and it's we're very in a very blessed place in the western world right now that you don't you don't need to we've got you know welfare and stuff that if you're really struggling you can get paid to to you know get supported but um so take advantage of the fact that we live we're, we were born in this era now in the western world that some people don't have the opportunity in the world and sometimes those people are actually happier than us anyway but that's a whole other story but if my advice to anyone is to i guess if i have a mission it's about personal freedom and the thing is people don't know they're stuck until they start looking for things until they start doing some work on themselves so stuck in career or stuck by finances or whatever it is but stuck in relationships so uh, there's always going to be areas to work on, but I think um, I don't really know what my, my advice is. I, I'm just looking for personal freedom. That if you're feeling restriction in your body, either have the courage to just step into that fear a little bit and see what's on the other side. It's always amazingly freeing. Or consider that there is, most people don't know about personal development, coaching and hypnotherapy and stuff and the ways you can clear these things. So there are ways you can clear like crazy traumas and stuff from the past that you didn't there's you can clear it like you get rid of that shit but people i mean it's common for us to doubt especially when something's so painful you don't want to even go near it i get that i just want to guess i want to spread the word that you can clear some crazy stuff in your system like ptsd and stuff you can clear things that are really traumatic in your past so um but it you've got the courage to like um, to, to touch on that fear to do it so you've got the courage to touch into it to make that happen but it can be amazingly freeing so i, I just my, my one mission in life is whenever i see someone who's stuck in restriction be it any level of ptsd be it from extreme ptsd everything some sort of ptsd i guess so but when i see someone stuck i just feel like i just want to free them i'll do i'll, I'll be talking to someone and i'll just do coaching on them all, all the time because i can see they're stuck i can feel it or the way they talk and i'm just like I just I, I I love free people. I hate being people stuck like that. So once you yeah. learn about language, you hear what people say. Yeah. You go, oh, just from that one sentence, you're like, yes. what thoughts are going through your mind? Exactly. Like, you're listening. I was like, 
I can help you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. From everything that you just said, I think we're so simple. <laughs> what are your core values out of interest? Uh, well, I'm going through, a, I would have said, I've just gone through like a change in my life now. I should, I'm, I'm going to redo them myself in this boot camp. It used to be freedom was my number one, for sure. Yeah. Freedom and adventure. Um, freedom, adventure and pa uh, laughter. Yeah, I mean, if I put them down for a top, top couple of ones. Um, but I've gone through like a, I guess, like an ego shift now. And I probably should. I was actually watching a, a, a video on Corvo yesterday, getting ready for the boot camp and like we're going through my notes and stuff again. And I was like, I better revisit this because it's been a while since I've actually studied my own values again. So um, uh, uh, there's, there's a guy called David Data. He's a, he's a mainly men's coach but he talks about a like, tantric philosophy for the modern world and he's he says like there's layers almost like onion layers you go through in life as a man or the masculine and as you normally it's like for men is like money and sex uh sort of power bases on the outside of the onion layer and as you work through one you'll have your karma will have different onion layers every person's karma is different but as you succeed in one it'll just disappear and you'll be you'll be in like the midlife crisis or quarter life crisis be like this thing I want is now no longer drives me. So you go to the next, you know, there's an onion layer. So I feel like I've just crossed through an onion layer. And so I'm, it's, just, it's a new phase for you. So I don't know the answer. <laughs> that, was a long, that was a long answer, but uh, I'm not entirely sure right now. I'm going to refind out. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> because from what you were saying, a lot of what you say is very similar to what I, minor honesty, courage and freedom. So, mm. and it's that working it out. So... Because I think honesty is very freeing because it lets go of shame and all the emotion. Mm. I, I hid a lot of who I was growing up. And then it, it, but it takes a lot of courage to just go, this is who I am and this is what I do. Take it or leave it kind of. Mm. But it is very freeing. And then what you said about like the laughter, the adventure. So this is where I was thinking like a deep. I was like, also, I'm very curious. I like learning. I like fun and play. And so they there's an element of making it more fun to wrapped up into that and I'm very yeah. much a pe people person so I'm sort of exploring the kind of like community respect those kind of elements too so I think they're my core values but mm. I love what you, I lo and I also find it really interesting that you work with men specifically too because I, there's so many like where I like the circles I mean there's so many female things and everyone goes yeah. oh like oh female only kickboxing why do you do that what about the men and I was like more people should do ma ma male things more people it's like I'm not the right yeah. person I'm not the right person to go men I'm working with you they just look at me and think yeah. what but although yeah. I am increasingly working with men actually but um men need support like there's such a big yeah. female only thing there isn't enough out there for men yeah, well, it's, it's becoming a bigger, it's actually becoming bigger than what you think because there's like a, a men's movement, I guess, like the new, the masculine movement. But there's a, most personal development is all, is a feminine, personal development is not generally is a feminine, there's, there's a masculine personal development is like, get better. Get more money. Just be, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Be, well, the masculine personal development is like, be good enough and just get there. Like army style. Actually, I was a Muay Thai coach, a famous Australian Muay Thai coach. I went to his gym one time and he's like, um, he's just talking to the coach. I went there one session and he's like, look, you're at a level of these guys. You should be able to do this move. If you can't do it yet, get better. And I was like, oh, I've never had a dude just say that to me before. It's like, just get better. That's like masculine way. Feminine is like, 
let's work on the beliefs and nurture you a bit. This is, and there's a balance of working the two out perfectly, but um, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of feminine, feminine energy in personal development. And so my goal is to get guys who are like the trade tradesmen and stuff into personal development because most of them are like, oh, that's hippie bullshit, you know, but I like to, you know, there's no way you're going to free yourself until you can look into this stuff. So I'm trying to open it up to the, those guys. Very interesting what you said about the layers and the men. And the, so this is where I've been looking into it. In the, so like the money, the power, the sex, all of the big things that hold people back. And I've experienced this myself. In the, and I didn't realise it was a problem until I did a hypnosis. I had, I had really low libido and I had no sex drive and I had no energy and, I, and our relationship was like struggling because of it. And through hypnosis, it's transformed my sex life because it's made wow. whatever, whatever it shifted. I don't know. It was so subconscious. I don't know what it's done. And I'm like, yeah. it, it took me a few weeks to realize what had happened. And I was like, it was that hypnosis session. It was a group cool. hypnosis about improving your health. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Because, and, and, this, and I talked, I was on a podcast last week with somebody who um, specialises in like sensuality and sexual. She's very, very feminine with her approach. Yeah. But it was interesting to talk to her because she said quite a lot of athletes get that. And it's that out mm. of balance with that pushing for performance that, like you said, that do better, be better. That causes yeah. a performance anxiety. It causes mm. exhaustion. It throws yeah. the health out. Mm -hmm. but nobody's talking about it no well it's funny funny you mentioned that because just the last as i've decreased training because i realized i wasn't going to get a fight in march it's like my my sex drive has increased um the last few days and i was like oh it must be because i've stopped training so hard you expect when you're at your peak physical fitness your sex drive would be really high and one wasn't super low but i just realized i realized it's increased since i stopped training it's like oh, my body's more probably more healthy now it's actually probably and how it's on natural level you're training that hard it's six days no. a week you know so um yeah anyway this is so. something this is an area that i'm most interested in at the moment because i i had i disregarded it and people do disregard it as an yeah. area of health so i say i promote wholehearted health and i'm like that includes sexual health very much so it's physical mental emotional spiritual uh, financial environmental however you want to define health but yeah why is sexual health not being spoken about as much? It, it, again, it's increasing constantly with the personal development movement. But yeah, it's interesting. I think in most, I haven't done much study on it, but in most men's health guys are saying like testosterone is probably the key factor in men's health for mind, body, everything. If their T, yeah. T levels are low, you'll probably find they're going through depression or anxiety. Uh, and it could be mind can mind and the body are whipped together so your mind can make the testosterone levels low and the testosterone can make your mind low so but it, that's a good indicator for men um most likely health coaches say i have no much research myself but definitely for men that's a big indicator so mm. anyway yeah. yeah i think the other one is um trauma carrying trauma yeah will lead to anxiety or whatever yeah. it leads to but um yeah. again i haven't done all the research but mm. Anyway, I'll yeah. finish up with that. Let's finish up. Talking. We've gone from fighting hypnotherapy to sex. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a good, been a good chat. Yeah. It's been really good. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything you'd like people to do, follow you or anything? Would you like, or give uh, me? 
Uh, you can follow me. You can look up Extreme Stillness. That's my boot camp, my men's boot camp page. Um, it's all pretty. Uh, I've made all the website and stuff myself. It's not too professional, but that's that's where you can have a look. I'm not super active on, on social media unless I've got a boot camp coming up. But uh, you can have a look on there. And um, uh, yeah, advice. I don't know. I, 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 uh, if I just you've given up, some uh, good advice. You've given yeah. some good advice <laughs> throughout it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Face your fears. Bit... That's that's. The freedom's on the other side of the fear. Yeah, have the courage to go into it. Yeah. Definitely. Because yeah. your boot camp, I'm like, that's so cool. But you're in Australia and it's for men. So it's Yeah, well, like- the amount of women that I get saying, I get more women tell me, can you please run for women? I still haven't done it because it, it's, uh, I get, women aren't so scared. or not? I, I will for sure at some point because, like, because there's so much demand for it. And I think uh, it's, I find working with women really easy for whatever reason I like it it's um because they're more open to read to do mindset coaching whatever where men are very standoffish because it's showing emotions of men's challenging so um it's much easier to coach women than work with women for me <laughs> so yeah well I want to do this kind of thing all over the world maybe I'll come out to Australia 100%, we 100%. And, and we can promote some sort of women's one I don't know yeah absolutely but, and take and show girls a bit of fighting and show that like, I my, my passion is to take to show men the feminine, let them receive that, and show women the masculine, so they can get the best of that world, and they can find the place where they find the balance. You know, so not to reject it because it's because it's masculine as a woman or feminine as a man, is to find the part that works well for you and take the best of both. So, yeah, that would actually be really cool. That would give me a reason to want to come to Australia, even yeah. though there's like spiders everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be covered in spiders, but we'll make, do, do hypnosis on yourself first before you get here. <laughs> are, there, are there actually loads of spiders? Uh, it's full time. There's three on my, on my legs right now as we speak. No. <laughs> <laughs> and a snake crawling around the floor. Oh, I no, don't mind it's... snakes. I'm fine with snakes. Snakes are cool. Um, yeah. I, I just don't want the deadly spiders. I don't, I'm not even that scared of spiders. It's just that what if they're really poisonous? It's, it's a logical fear. Yeah, it is. It is actually a logical fear, so that's a good thing. In this um, country, our stupid little spiders that people go, ah, spider, spider, spider. I'm like, yeah. it's tiny and it does nothing. Like, I'll yeah. get it out the window. There we go. Leave the spider alone. It's not doing anything. But yeah, yeah. Just don't go. Don't go to Sydney. It's like funnel. No, anyway, the answer. The answer is no. There's no. There's hardly any spiders. I've never seen a funnel loop spider, which is the one you're talking about. There's only one that kills you. And, they are disgusting and ugly and big and scary, but I've never seen one, so I imagine okay. they don't exist. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. On that note, I'm going to stop recording yes. this. So, th- th- thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um.